Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Gridiron Blitz right here on Block Talk Radio, now on TuneIn and Apple Podcasts. Your host, Oscar Lopez. We have a great show today, show number 223, and we're going to be talking with Aussie champion Lauren Evans of Gridiron Australia national team, as well as Go Coast Stingrays multi-time champion. We're also going to be talking to about Women's Football Alliance 2018 playoffs, recapping Legends Football League Week 4 and 5, and we'll get some updates on the women's international scene, uh, especially in Great Britain, as well as in Canada, Australia, and Mexico. So a lot of football being played around uh, the globe as well. So we'll get up to speed on that. Um, so let's bring in our, my co-host here. Should have Troy Wilson on with me, uh, Tracy Brick, and I believe uh, Luis Bean. So guys, how's it going today? Team, how's it going? Hi, How was your weekend, you guys? Pretty good. My weekend was pretty good. It was restful. Um, enjoyed a lot of a lot of rain. Uh, so I enjoyed it, though, man. It was great. I needed to rest. How about you, Tracy? Yeah, mine was mine was busy. It's uh, it's summer season, or getting summer season in Chicago, so things are. Picking up here and people are out and about doing stuff. I'm looking forward to the long weekend coming up. All right, so guys, a lot of a lot of football uh, everywhere. On top of the WFA, the IWFL, um, and on top of that, uh, we have the X uh, the XFFL who has set up their playoffs this past weekend in Texas. Uh, they are basically set for the uh, XFFL Bowl, the inaugural bowl. Um, the general Warhawks 48 to seven, and then the Kingsville empire took care of the um, Corpus Christi divas 26 to zero. So pretty exciting, uh, you know, league that happened this year. So they're into their championship mode. So that's great. Um, let's uh, Luis, uh, the blackout game. Let's talk primarily about that. Utah, San Diego did not disappoint. And unfortunately um, I don't know what was happening, but, it seemed to me that you were plugged in for a couple of plays just to get everything reset. So uh, tell us a little bit about that. Oh, you know, good game, depending on how you look at it. I'm sure that uh, San Diego doesn't feel like it was a great game because they lost. Um, if, it, if for viewers it's a good game because it was the end of the third quarter and we were up 45 to 18, and that was the end of the third quarter. And so then we ended up winning 45 to 42. So that doesn't look good 
when you're a Falcons coach or player. Uh, we had several turnovers in the fourth quarter. They got the momentum back, and and we don't turn the ball over very much. Um, that's for sure. Not very much, considering that we pitch it a lot and the ball's in the air as far as how triple option works. So we just made some costly errors, uncharacteristic, and, um, and yeah, we're just glad we held on. It came down to the final play. They had two seconds left. They'd done an onside kick. They recovered. There was two seconds left, and they had one final play, and the clock ran out. So, whew, we were glad to get out of there with a the win. There you go. So, so Louise, you being on the uh, as a backup certainly proves uh, Coach Rasmussen's decision to keep you on board still <laughs> in this game, especially. You know, um, every quarterback has not the best days. I've had I've been in those positions. Um, they scored first. They got the ball first. They scored first. We went down, scored, like, in four plays. Um, and uh, mostly part of the deal that had been set up was just that I'd come to certain games and practices and as an insurance policy for injury. And so I, I take a certain amount of reps. Um, Liz, uh, Liz Lane and I shared reps on the Thursday practice. And, and I've told you before I do a lot of stuff um, on my own to prepare. I have to do it differently. So, and I, uh, you know, worked out an hour and a half before practice on Thursday and an hour before the before we were supposed to show up for the game with people. So, with uh, teammates. So, anyways, we, got, not, we started Liz, losing. Louise, Louise, were you yeah. not, uh, you were not surprised at, at how well Gallegos played, right? That was not a shocker for you, right? No. In fact, um, let me just tell you really quick. We were just down, we'd gotten down 18 to 7. And so the team has never been down like that ever. In fact, even the one game that we lost in Pittsburgh four years ago, uh, we were up a little bit at halftime. So to start the game off like that, that was a shock for a lot of people. And you could tell on the sidelines. And so, you know, they just did something different. And um, I went in. And, um, you know, I'd just been playing a long time. Um, I used to big games and, uh, we just kind of got back on track, and um, and we ended, we just got up, and so uh, that's just how it went. And people, we just started playing better and doing our thing. So as far as Melissa, I had been seeing that they were rotating quarterbacks a lot this year, like every other series. So I wasn't quite sure what they would do, but I've seen Melissa play. I mean, we've been playing both a long time, and so. Um, at moments, she didn't. I'm sure she would feel like she didn't have a good game because she had three interceptions and one pick six. So that's you don't feel like that's a great day when you're a quarterback. Um, but she she's got a strong arm. She had a lot of time to throw. We weren't getting a lot of pressure on her, and uh, they have a great offensive line. So she can throw long balls, and they got great receivers. Holy moly! So I was not surprised. Yeah. So Gidry out there. I mean, you you hand her the ball and you give her space. She gets the ball just the way it works with them. I mean, they showed it oh, pretty yeah. much. Um, and she, she plays wide so, receiver, too. Keep no, right, so exactly. She great catches. So, um, Troy, did you get a chance to see Bean in action? Uh, did you get to watch the game at all? Uh, unfortunately, I did not. I did not. Um, I was a little bit out, Troy. out and about with my kids. Troy, aren't you, like, my biggest fan or something? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Look, I, 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 where were you, man? 
apparently an incredible game. I mean, just the fact that you guys were down. I'm like, just like you guys said, I've never even heard of this. You know, I've never even heard you guys being down before. And then to even play a close game, I'm thinking to myself, I was trying to rack my brain and say to myself, when was the last time you guys even had a close game? And, um, you know, San Diego, they kind of said that they were going to, you know, that they were gunning for you guys and, Apparently they, you know, they, you, you guys are definitely on their radar, and they almost had it, you know, pulled pulled it out in, in both sides of the game. So many ebbs and flows, man. But I, I definitely have to check this game out, man. I'm looking at that. I said, geez, man, that was a great game. So that's on me, you know, man. I missed team, that. That sounds great. Yeah, each team had four or five turnovers. So that's just horrible. Neither one of us do turnovers like that. So. Yeah, that was bad. Fourth, I mean, it's but the beginning of fourth quarter. And Louise, on the, on the turnovers, I got to give credit to the defenses. They literally were stripping the ball. They were coming for the ball. Uh, they were gang tackling. So you got to get credit on the other side. The turnovers were not just totally. because, you know, you, you dropped the ball or just didn't hand off the ball well. It was because of, you know, pressure and everything. I think this is the first time uh, in a long time that Utah has seen somebody at their equal level in terms of offense. Oh, yeah. And because oh, every yeah, time definitely. you guys scored, they responded. You know what I mean? So that's kind of – that wasn't the norm in the IWFL when you guys are facing teams and you're, you're always – four touchdowns. This was like you're, you know, you're we, down. Yeah, well, I mean, we were down 18-7, to 7, and then it got to – then you're up 45-18. to 18. And so we were getting ready to, you know, start rotating, and we had started a little bit rotating and and just things like that. And then – um, actually, some of our, a couple of our fumbles were non-contact fumbles, and so that just kills you. And so, right, uh, I just can't believe we allowed that game to get. It, it, in fact, after we won, everyone, everyone was still kind of stunned. They were just kind of stunned, like, well, well, I know we won, but we are feeling really good about this. <laughs> you know what? Anyway. I the the one thing I took away from the whole game was this was a competitive IWFL game for the first yeah. time in, in a long time. You know what I mean? It was, it was very competitive, even the turnovers and all that stuff. But it was a competitive game to the end. This is a close matchup. The fourth quarter, I think you have to, you know, hand off and shout out to San Diego. They did not yep. just roll over and say, okay, we're done, you know. No, they they said yep. we have, we're going to the wire. This reminds me of the San Diego matchup against Chicago in the WFA championship in 2012, where they, yeah, you know, they, they – they came all the way down. They never, they never turned out. And that's why I'm saying Gidry, uh, Gallegos, they, they are like literally in motion. They understand. They don't get rattled, in other words, when they get scored on. That's what I'm trying to say. They're not, they weren't rattled. By right. They were just like, hey, we've just got to come back and put our own points up. Uh, I think that, I, that's a, what I took away from the whole game. Exactly. Sorry, there, there was an onside kick, wasn't there? It was like the last couple of seconds in the game. Yeah, mm-hmm. several. They onside kicked yeah. the whole fourth quarter. All yeah, fourth wow. quarter they onside kicked. So this was the blackout game, and it it was it came out to uh, impress everybody. We we anticipated this game uh, since last year when the schedule came out when they moved to the IWFL, and uh, so hats off to the Falcons and the Surge for putting out an outstanding football game. And if you haven't watched it, it will be uh, re-edited, and it's going to be up again. So you get a chance to watch it. You can go to our Facebook page at Gridiron Beauties on Facebook. You can go to the Utah Falcons page, as well as the San Diego uh, Surge women's football page as well. So um, what, a, what an awesome game. Um, we're going to have Lauren Evans coming in here. 
uh, from um, Australia, the uh, Gridiron Outback team, um, and also Gold Coast Stingray multi-time champion. And she's going to be calling in here in a couple minutes here. Um, but Tracy, what can you say about Lauren? Talk about uh, what Lauren has done, pioneer in Queensland. Um, she's mm-hmm. obviously gone to the national team with yourself out there uh, in Vancouver and uh, very successful in terms of the Gold Coast Stingrays. Yeah, Lauren has been uh, a founding member of, of football back home in Australia, and she's been there since the beginning. Um, you know, she's a, a key leader in the Gold Coast Stingrays uh, team, but also their club as well. She's really focused on trying to push the sport forward and being an ambassador for the sport. And she gets involved with uh, the youth football back home, the men's teams, and obviously um, really focusing on the women's league as well. But, you know, from from the day she came down to practice in a, I believe, a terrible San Francisco uh, 49ers jersey, <laughs> um, we knew that she was going to be someone that would stick around. And, um, you know, she she relentlessly works on her craft and on her fitness and the mental side of the game as well. So, um, you know, I think the sport back home is lucky to have someone like that at the front sort of, driving things in a, in a positive direction, and she's competitive as hell. So I'm excited to see her play in the WAGL, especially uh, with some of the other the Australian outback players that are on each roster. It'll be cool. And obviously Queensland is the champion of the WAGL, the Sun Devils, with her and everybody else that's contributed to the club. Um, you played mm-hmm. on several of the Gold Coast Stingray title games, Um can you speak to that, how those games have matched up? Yeah, so I think uh, for the for the Stingrays, you know, for a little while there, um, there was probably two main teams, and that would, I would want to say that the Logan City Jets and the and the Gold Coast Stingrays that were really the most competitive. Um, the last couple of years, though, you know, the new clubs have come in, like the Bayside Ravens and um, and also the Rhinos recently last year, and they're really bringing that level of competition up, but playing alongside Lauren in those big games she's uh, the lawyer in her definitely comes out she's she's cool and calm under pressure and and methodical in in her delivery as a quarterback but also keeping everyone else rallied and um playing as a center for her there's a special bond that you have um on offensive line for for a quarterback that's center especially and um she's definitely someone that you know you go you go to you go to war with and um I think the team is lucky to have her. I think she's going on to six or six years now playing, so um, they're lucky to have someone with her a lot, lot with her skills on the team. Yeah, and, and I mean she's proven a lot of durability over the time, and uh, I think her football IQ has grown ever since that. And going to an eleven eleven format, as you've talked about before, uh, that's only going to make it way more passionate for other players, especially since they have experienced that in Vancouver. Yeah, definitely. And she she knows absolutely what it takes to to progress the sport and keep people interested. And she's forever searching um, for her own fulfillment out of the game. And and like you said, the football IQ and that mental part of the game is something that definitely keeps her motivated and interested and engaged. I think um, Lauren's pretty diverse. We we see a lot from Lauren since she started playing football. She went to one of the first... um, national tournaments, the WHGL tournaments, and I think she played tight end and quarterback. Um, 
she's she's not afraid to get her hands dirty and get in amongst everyone and do whatever it takes to to get her team across the line. So I'm excited to hear what she has to say about the upcoming tournament. And I know there's been some controversy around you know promoting the game and really getting the organizational part of things happening, but she's uh, she's been consistent and relentless in promoting it and getting ready and focused for it. Yeah, I get, I get the sense from Stacey Spear that um, that the uh, issue is really just the, the promotion part of it, and it hasn't gone the way it should have gone, but we'll see how that works. Uh, Nami, uh, you, go speak, uh, you guys can go ahead and chat, about, uh, chat away about the WFA. Uh, let's start with um, the week one, because I'm um, I'm, I'm going to try to get uh, Lauren connected here on the phone while I do that. So if you guys can speak to that, week one was pretty impressive. Um, Troy, Renegades and Divas, we knew a DC had to win against Boston, and they pull it off. Sorry about that. I didn't hear that last part. What was it? No, I'm saying uh, Renegades and Divas, uh, we knew that the Divas had to pull it off here, and it's, it's, uh, it didn't happen. Yeah, um, you know what? I just I, I think right now, DC the the changes that they've had in the off season with retirements and and you know uh, and things of that nature. I think it's just really caught up to them. Um, you know, they're just not the same. I just don't think they're at the same strength as they they are used to be. I mean, they're a perennial powerhouse, and right now I just think that they're going through so many changes. And you know what? I, I, they're still a competitive team, but are they going to get back to the dominance that they've shown the last two or three years in WFA? And you know what, right now, I just think it's a transition time. And, and you know what, it's kind of showing. Those changes are showing, and, you know, they haven't made adjustment yet. But you got to take your hats off to the Renegades. They they did their thing. They come in, and, and you know, you get a win. And anytime when you see D.C. or if you see a Dallas on your schedule – you know that those teams are going to bring their A game, and the Renegades definitely did that, and they came out with the win. Yeah, it showed uh, in terms of durability because right now Boston has played pretty well, and so they're pretty much going neck and neck here with Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, I don't think the strength of schedule in Pittsburgh was as strong as it's been, but they have they have won their Division One games when it mattered. So D.C. really is is in a crunch mode now. Um, and see how that pans out, but uh, figure out um, trying to figure out where the the East is going to land at this point, and figure out if it's an issue with um, you know it how Boston ends up is my question is at this point because they're 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 playing pretty D one teams, and the Divas obviously going into Week Eight. I think in Week Eight, the Divas here are going to face Pittsburgh next. So that's going to be a real, real big test. I think Pittsburgh's got it. I just, I know I'm with you, Louise. Yeah. Yep. I think Pittsburgh got it. Boston could beat them, but um, and I know it was a big comeback from DC. Hard fought. I, I seriously, I know we talked about this, Oscar, but man, those games ought to be streamed so fast. Oh gosh. It's just a bummer we miss them. Yeah, but you know what? I, I think Pittsburgh, I don't know if – this will be their big test. If the Divas can some, somehow rise up and take care of them in week eight. Uh, but so far, the, the, the Horton and company, they have, 
they have done really well. So um, you would assume that they would continue. But Amanda Congialdi there, she's uh, proven she's filling in for Hamlin here, and she's done a pretty good job so far in this 2018. Yep. I think I think Pittsburgh's in a – you know, they're on a – they've got some great momentum at the moment. But I, I know playing with the force, you can never count D.C., um, out and, and there's nothing better than a, a big comeback and a, a nice win against Pittsburgh for them. So I think it'll be good, but I, I'm with Louise. I think Pittsburgh, I think th- I think they'll they'll tie it up nicely. The other thing is is that Pittsburgh had an easier game, so I'm guessing that their starters probably got to be out sooner, and there's no bye week for either one of these teams, and I'm suspecting D.C., that was probably a hard-fought game. They might be feeling like they have they got hit by a Mack truck a little bit today. And um, it is home, uh, and they're feeling good, but I'm still Pittsburgh. Yeah, and it's uh, the other game, the other matchup is we know the Warriors are going to roll against San Diego, and they just rolled 58-0 yep. to zero against San Diego. That was, I don't even think anybody thought that even the Rebellion had a prayer at this point against uh, the Warriors considering what happened to Portland. So I don't know, you know, what the the issue there will be, but it just looks like we're looking at a clash on the West Coast. I think the Warriors have pretty much set their set their standard up there already. Yeah, I think the Warriors, I actually have watched them, and, and I think they're uh, big, powerful, and fast. And I don't think they can um, – no one in the West is going to stop them. I think they'll be in the championship pretty easily. Uh, I know they got KC to go through, but KC doesn't have a very big roster. They're just not as big and fast. Yeah, I know. And, and Sin City is going to be a, a big test for Los Angeles, whether Sin City can actually do something this coming weekend against the Warriors. Um, I want to, I'm kind of interested to see if the, even if Sin City will keep it close. But overall – um, Los Angeles is one of those one of those uh, teams that is just too powerful at this point. So I'm, I'm I'm assuming that that's the case, but we'll see how that works out. It's going to be fun going there? down the wire. Yep. It's going to be fun. All right, down so the wire I'm going to I'm going to try to see if I can. Uh, get a get a hold of uh, Lauren here and see if we can get her connected at point. So, um, being let's go over the IWFL schedule for this com- this past weekend and then week eight. Go, just go ahead and speak to that in the meantime. Oh well, um, Nevada is definitely improving. Nevada uh, is actually running a similar version of the Falcons' offense, triple option. They do some different wrinkles. But they've had three wins this year, and they haven't had that many wins for a while. So that's good there. Um, Seattle, there was only that, the two games in the IWFL, and we've spoken to the issues with the IWFL. The number you have dialed has not been recognized. Please try again. Can you guys hear me? Yeah, I can still can hear you. Hear I can hear you. Yeah. Oh, I got some lady talking in my ear for number dialing or something. <laughs> um, way to go, Oscar. Thanks, man. Um, so, 
And I'm gonna uh, go ahead and, and then, I'm gonna go ahead and mute myself, and then you guys can just speak to the okay. IDSL for now until I get a hold of Lauren. Okay. Okay. Um, so it was just our game, and then the Nevada game, and Nevada beat us. The number you have dialed has not been recognized. Please try again. <laughs> so I still have this lady talking in my ear. Yeah, me too. Um, <laughs> do you? Okay, so I'm not the only one. Uh, Dallas, I do tell Dallas doesn't play a game till June 9th, and they only have five games on their schedule now. So that's not a happy days oh for goodness. them. I know their only their only competition I believe will be the Houston Energy, which has Austin Yellow Jacket players and head coach now with them. So uh, that's not till June, mid June, okay. and then uh, this week Seattle plays uh, Eugene, and Seattle's already beaten them once. And Seattle only has four games this year. So you know, how, that's frustrating. how do you make a good run at a a championship with four games under your belt? It's just I know. I mean, I know we think about this. This is mind-blowing. I know. It's just totally – it's beyond frustrating. And that's – I think the Houston game is still on this week for against Tulsa. But, you know, other than that, there's not a lot to talk about in the IWFL. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, sometimes I well, want to say – what. Well, it has to be kind of. It has to be extremely hard to get into a groove. I mean, if you, you know, if you have a lot of teams that are forfeiting, just like the Rogue Valley did against uh, Seattle, um, it, it just, you know, it, it's got to be hard to 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 keep these things going and to get a real, you know, get into a groove of, um, you know, playing live games. I mean, I know, you know, practice is one thing, but getting out there for the live games, that's what really, you know, sharp where you have steel to sharpen steel. And so, do you guys think that when you have these type of layoffs? Ow. <laughs> Say it again, Troy. Did we lose Is Troy? Is still there? It's just you and me, Tracy. It sounds like you're dialing up on your modem from 1980. <laughs> I know, it really does, actually. <laughs> Uh, I, think yeah, I agree with what Trey was trying to say, though. You know, like you can only do so much in practice when you're, well, when you're not, um, you know, you're not live against a competitor. And not only that, your body, your body's not conditioned to playing live play, so people get injured, and it's. Uh, I it's think we, Tracy, I'm trying to get a hold of Lauren yeah. on the phone, but it's still not working. So I don't know if it's okay. connecting or not. So, um. I'm going to uh, apologize at this point. We will try to see if we can get it connected. I'm doing it off the off – the, um, so I'll be muting myself up again, and then I'll try to connect as soon as I get her back on. So in the meantime, just okay. what you're doing. <laughs> you know, I think the hard part yeah. is that when you practice, your treat is the game. And so well, when you have fine. no treat and no sugar, then it's hard just to always keep practicing. And so um, we had actually two Seattle players that were injured come down to our game because we have friends, I mean, they're friends, come down to our game, and they helped out in the passing things out in the locker room. And, and they're injured, so they're That's injured awesome. for the rest of the season. So, you know, yeah. and they just come because it's good football and good game. And, and I really appreciate people yeah. like that. So um, and, it's and a good it's, time. It's unfortunately those guys that get, you know, the the bum end of things when they're, they really, their hearts are in it, and they're the people that are going to, you know, really go over and above to promote their team and the sport. And then, 
they're left with a, a bad taste in their mouth from a, a really short season. So, but um, yeah, okay. hopefully they can get a game in next week. Yeah, definitely. It make it frustrates me because I think, what are people? What's their goals? What are they really trying to promote? What are they really trying to do? And same with the league, not this team. Same with the league. So, um, yeah, it's frustrating when I mean, there's still a lot of WFA games that were called as forfeits. I think there was four yeah. or five. So, do we have Troy back? We don't have Troy back. Nope. <laughs> He'll be back. Me. <laughs> hey, so yeah, how many um, years have you played with Lauren? So, Lauren and I played the very first game together in 2011, I think. Um, okay. But then I, I was injured, and then I coached Lauren for, for a little while. Um, I actually coached, helped to coach one of the national teams um, for the state state game and at the Stingrays. And then we got back together once my uh, injury was uh, in the rearview mirror and then um, we got to play in Australia, uh, sorry, in Vancouver for Australia. So um, we've known each other a long time. But she's, uh, yeah, she's, she's definitely a good a good. The number you have dialed has not time. been recognized. Please so, uh, try you again. Both play on the national team recently together. I'm, oh, I'm sorry. What was that? Did you both play on the Australian national team recently together? Yes. yes. Yep. Okay. And that just yep. last year. So she was yep. quarterback for the team. And what did you play again? I was playing center. Oh, so yeah, you guys were hanging out together a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We now um, you're retired. We a special though. bond. I am. Yeah. Oh, very. The number yeah, you have so dialed has not retirement. been recognized. Please try okay. again. Is this a full <laughs> retirement? Woman. I know. It is. Yeah. I'd I'd love to say that I have another season in me, but um I've The number you have dialed I'm... has not been recognized. Please try <laughs> again. I um I blew out my knee really bad in two thousand and twelve and all four ligaments in a game and um so I, I made a comeback. And then when I came over to play for Chicago, um, it's just a whole other level of play and physicality. And I wanted to achieve a goal of playing for my country, and I did that. And so now I'm missing football desperately. Oh. But I think I'm, I miss more the camaraderie and the, and the practices and being around everyone and the actual post-game day feel. <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, yes. It's, it's horrible. It's awful. I mean, how did you I feel after? I've read books. <laughs> how did you feel after the your... weekend? Did you feel good? Uh, yeah, it was really, really fun. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, we. Yeah, I mean, it was nice to be able to come in and help bring your team back and and just do your job because that's what you train to do is do your job. And so mm-hmm. uh, I actually feel like it's a little bit like being in the military. My husband was, was in the military, and you train and train and train never knowing if you'll be called up. And uh, yeah. <laughs> so sometimes that's hard, not knowing. Because yeah. you train and you you hope you get called up because you like to play. Um, yeah. And you hope that it's called up for the right reasons. And so uh, when our team was down and I knew they were thinking about putting me in, I just thought to myself, hey, I can fix this. Because when you've been in a lot of games and you've been in a lot of situations, it's nothing is new or unfamiliar. So... Oh uh, yeah, it was cool. But I have great teammates, and you know very well it takes eleven people to score on any play. 
Um, uh-huh. It's a yeah. team of momentum and energy. So, yeah, it was really fun. We were down there for a wedding as well, and all of our family, a lot of our families down there. So, but, yeah, it's a big commitment, yeah. and, you know, the, yeah. obviously it's hard to give up. So, yeah. it's hard yeah, to it give is. up. I, we're not even paid <laughs> athletes. So I don't even know if it's worse. <laughs> Uh, I just live vicariously oh. through everyone else now. So I, I keep up to date with Dawn, who's playing for um, Pittsburgh, obviously, and Angel, who's over playing for the LA Warriors. And, you know, there's still a few people from from the Vancouver experience in the World Cup that I get to keep in contact with and follow their football um, excitement and, and stories for the season. So I feel connected, but um haven't had a chance to go to a game yet. I'm hoping that uh, I'll get to see a playoff game in Boston and then head to Atlanta and, and watch the championship. So oh, yeah. It'll be a different For perspective sure. being in the crowd and cheering everyone on. Yeah, a painful different perspective at times. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, do you know of any of your friends that commute? Because we have two commuters on our team, but I know other teams like Chicago and L.A. have people that commute, San Diego. Um, so I commute. I don't commute for every game, mm-hmm. but we have a girl from Sacramento that commutes, and she commutes for every game and every um, practice before, because you just practice twice a week, so she commutes. Oh, that's um, commitment. For the practice before the thing. I know. And she has been playing in Sacramento for several years, and she just felt like uh, she wanted to play for our coaches and, and have that experience, and she just felt like, you know, my time's running out. She got a part-time job, so when she comes to Utah, wow. she works part-time. Or she works okay. in Utah when she comes. And, uh, yeah, she flies back and forth. And so, But do you know players that do that? Yeah, I mean, well, I, I know that when I was uh, when I first met Cassie, we were talking about uh, her experience with the Surge and, and uh, L.A. When, they, when she first started. And I think she was saying she would commute four hours each way just to practice um, oh, twice a week. And then you have the game travel time outside of that. And in Australia at the moment, I know that there was girls – the seasons are a little, uh, they're off balance because of the uh, actual weather season. So um, there were girls traveling from Queensland flying down to to play in games in the southern states just to get a taste of football. <laughs> I don't know if I could do that wow. anymore. But, um, yeah, I think, I, I know that uh, uh, Dawn travels in and out of Pittsburgh, I believe. Like, she, she obviously okay. has a family and job here, so she'll travel in and fly into participating games and uh yeah it's uh, it's it's pretty impressive to see what what the women in this sport will do to to you know be a part of something pretty special and i mean i flew across the world to to be a part of it so oh, i just wish yeah, that they got rewarded what... with a better experience sometimes you know right well and that's why people commute is because they mm-hmm. think okay it's worth it and that's one of the cool parts about women's football. I mean, sometimes you talk about certain negative things or disappointing things, but, yeah, there's a lot of cool stories like that. There's also, like, there was a girl in Eugene that had all her uh, gear stolen recently out of her car, and so she thought oh. her season was over, and one of her friends on her team posted it and as a donation kind of thing for her gear, and I think there was, like, 25, 30 girls that donated, not a ton each time, but donated to her to the cause, and she was able to play yeah. for here. And so it's yeah, really a big community, isn't it? Like it's a huge family. It's an extended 
like there's the WFA and the IWFL here, but then that reaches internationally to Europe, to Canada, mm-hmm. to Australia, to England. And you, you don't experience that same connection, I don't feel, in, in many other sports. Yeah, cool. that's definitely true. You're part of the club. You don't even have to try. All you have to do is be club. able to play. Yeah, it's a secret <laughs> club. You don't even have to. It's like my brother. He, he drove, a, drove a Jeep when he was in high school, and if you pull up next to another Jeep, you just nod at each other because you know you're in the club. <laughs> <laughs> you're like in the Jeep club, now, the women's football club. <laughs> and now our Chicago so, football club has become a, um, a mom's club. So many of our retired players and alumni are all having babies and Really? <laughs> so now you become a, it's a different get together. Yeah. No more Part no more hit outs and practice. The mama club. So is there gonna be another team <laughs> in Chicago anytime soon, do you think? Oh, I don't know. I mean it'd be great if there was. I I think uh Linda Pichet has definitely retired the fourth name and uh if someone else was to do it it would have to be a group of players perhaps and you know, some great sponsors that would want to make it work. I think it's I think it's such a big city, and we should absolutely have a team here. I think it just—you're not hearing it, any rumors, I guess. Not a, not not rumors. I mean, I I hear some some conversation over, um, you know, a beer or two, and people saying we yeah. should do it, but <laughs> no no activity yeah. yet, as yet. Well, it's a big commitment. Why anything? Um, I I couldn't get Lauren on. Uh, we tried in various formats calling in, me trying to call her. Um, I'm going to have to kind of figure out what we can do with the long-distance call. Um, talk to Block Talk about what uh, I need to connect to a long-distance call because I try to do the call, but it won't take the international number for some reason. So uh, I apologize to Lauren, and we will reschedule with her to get her on. We really want to talk to her. And so uh, at this point, uh, we'll figure that out between now and the next 10 days and then kind of rearrange it and go from there. If not possible, then we'll probably have to work out something with um, on Facebook and stuff. So uh, Tracy, uh, myself, will get a hold of Lauren, uh, and we'll go ahead and figure that out as well. And then we'll try to get Lauren on there. So Lauren, if you're listening, apologize. Really, really, we'll try to get you back on, and we really want you on to talk, talk about Australia and the Outback and um, the Women's uh, Great Iron League as well. So um, – Louise, uh, Troy, I think, had to leave us as well. And uh, Tracy's got some uh, commitment tonight. So she's going to be bouncing off here. So it's going to be us for the last, uh, I believe, in the last hour and a half. And we're going to be pretty much talking a lot of, a lot of football in, in the States here and internationally. So we'll see. We'll get a hold of Tracy next week. And we'll meet, between me, Tracy, and Lauren, we'll figure out something to put the interview up for Lauren next week. So, um I know you guys were talking about the IWFL, and so, um, Luis, the Dallas Elite, um, this is kind of like the clash to Utah, basically, now at this point for the Dallas Elite. Oh, well, we still have to – so we the team has one more regular season game, and then they're supposed to be the first round of the playoffs and then the second round of the playoffs, then the championship. So the first round of the playoffs is the two divisions or the two Western divisions matched up, one versus two seeds. So, and none of this has been publicly announced. So, so it's just, you know, what we've been told, which obviously would be really, really nice if the league could announce it. Um, 
so June 23rd would be like the first round, and technically that would be a matchup with Phoenix, but I don't know if Phoenix is planning on finishing the season. I don't know. So in, in the meantime, that same weekend, Seattle and San Diego will have to play. So Seattle will go to San Diego because Seattle's the number two seed. And um, so that, could, that, that game could be anything, you know, could be anything. So we, we beat Seattle like a pretty good score. We were beating San Diego by a pretty good score. So that's why you play the game. And then we would play the winner of that. So we only got, I think, three weeks left in the IWFL season, if I'm correct. So at this point, we uh, already yeah. know pretty much who the, front run, who the front runners are, right? Yeah. Yep. So you know what, the games have already been figured out, who is in the playoffs. So... Uh, Seattle and San Diego will play June 23rd. The Falcons will play Phoenix if they choose to play, which, you know, obviously the team would love to play games. And you need that. It's really hard because the last the Reno game is June, 20, it's June 2nd. And so then if you don't play till July uh, 7th, you know, it's a long time off. Uh, in the Western region, they still play regular season games. So that's the Dallas, Houston, Tulsa, all those teams. They have regular season games till on June 23rd. Their playoff dates are different, and that's what we were talking about. It's crazy. It's the same league, but the playoff dates are different. So don't ask me why. So they have regular season games all the way through June 23rd. Sort of a confusing, you know, it's very confusing for fans to kind of follow that. So I I think this is just, it's just been a bad, bad, uh, you know, year one with all these new teams. And given the fact that some of these teams are going to, just go away, like San Diego, for example. We have no idea what Seattle, yeah. if Seattle's going to stick around or not. Um, so there's a lot of yeah. questions, you know, and we have no idea whether Dallas, the, the Texas Elite's going to stick around. <laughs> it's like this whole IWFL season has been full of question marks, uh, a lot of question marks. Um, I would be surprised we'll, we'll, if IWFL We'll keep tabs on it. Yeah. Yeah, we'll keep tabs on it, and, and then we'll obviously have to cover that. Um, in the WFA, so week nine – is what we're looking at, or week eight, I'm sorry, week, week, I'm just getting myself ahead of here. So week eight, yep. so let's let's go recap week seven here. And on my notes here, we had uh, plenty of, let me take a look at the notes here. Um, so let's see here. Divas took care of Boston 40 to 35. That was a D1 matchup. Boston goes to four and two, a Divas three and two. Um, D2 matchup was really tight, 28-24. Philly Sharks, you'd have to say this is the D2 rivalry of the WFA uh, Tier 2. It has just been just, you know, brutal in every matchup. And so I'm assuming they will end up facing each other somehow down the playoffs, given that Philly has been kind of rebounding. Uh, Connecticut is a surprise team, 12-0 over Maine. The only reason I'm bringing Connecticut up is they're 5-0. and They've been playing pretty good ball in D3. So, um We'll, you know, we'll f- figure out exactly how well and durable they are. And we're going to be talking D3 pretty much uh, uh, between now and three weeks from now as well. Arkansas, the same thing, D3 actually went up against Atlanta and said basically, hey, you know what, we can beat the Atlanta, the Atlanta Phoenixes. And all of a sudden now Arkansas, the champions, the D3 champions, edge the Alabama Fire 24 to 18, and they get to go – on a back uh, a back to beat uh, back to back week matchup. This is going to be intriguing coming up in next week because they obviously uh, Arkansas hosts Alabama. 
So this is the D3 matchup that we got to look for next week. But uh, the Wildcats did not bow down or weren't scared of Alabama at this point, given Alabama's good record against uh, D1 competition in Phoenix. So that was pretty impressive. Oh, yeah. I mean, there was some – because Arkansas is undefeated. Or, yeah, Arkansas and Orlando were undefeated. And then Alabama had two losses, right, or just one? Uh, Alabama is um, – I didn't get the tab on their, their record, but um, they're, okay. they're in the hunt as well. Yep, yep. So that'll be, that'll be a good game. And, uh, and I'm surprised by the, dark, the Detroit Dark Angels. They've never had such a – well, not never – they have a great record this year. So uh, that'll be definitely a team to watch. So Everett going into Portland and taking care of Portland, <laughs> even by know, a touchdown, you know what I mean? That is a shocker. So we, we talked about the shockwave about two weeks ago. We were giving them the props. They go into uh, – they, they host L.A., and then they, they somehow just derailed because of numbers or injuries. And I'm assuming yeah. this is the case because they have – uh, they played Everett pretty tough, but uh, Everett gets the win here. That's pretty impressive. That'll be huge for Everett for their playoff travel because that will help their Massey rankings. D2 beating a D1, and that's a big deal. That's huge. Yeah, we haven't talked about impact, Arlington impact. Uh, given their schedule is not a, a very heavy strength of schedule, but they have won whoever they needed to beat. They've only lost one game. So they're for real. So listen up here. Impact's for real. And then we have Division Two, Sharks 5-1, and one, and you just talked about it, Detroit 4-2. and two. We haven't seen that, I don't think, in a long time. And then Minnesota, the cream of the crop here, Minnesota undefeated 6-0. and oh. So uh, the Vixen is probably the team to beat in D2, alongside maybe totally New York agree. and Philly. Yeah. Yeah, totally agree. In fact, I think – It'll be a Minnesota. I know New York and Philly are pretty good, but I think Minnesota's just a little step higher. I think Minnesota really probably could be D1. They wouldn't be undefeated in D1, but they have the numbers, and I think they're good enough for D1. And then I think it'll be uh, – I know that Denver is not ranked as high for D2, but I think coming out of the West, they're – I know Everett's there. I just think that, that uh, Mile High has the numbers. And uh, uh, it'll either be – I still think it'll be De- uh, Denver. I'm, I'm predicting Denver and Minnesota championship. Yeah, and, uh, you know, impressive win by the Dark Angels, 28-7 to against the Fusion this past weekend. So that was pretty impressive. Now, Atlanta either got pissed off, they were very hungry and angry <laughs> because they go, into, they go into Miami and they just beat, beat down on Miami. So either – they were listening to us, and they're getting tired of us saying, are, are they good enough? Are they good enough? Oh, my God, they are good enough. They, they just, you know, they steamroll 30 to 0, and they, they go into Miami. It must have been the weather, like the coolness yeah. out there hanging out from, the, you know, the humid Atlanta going to Miami, total yep. change. <laughs> oh, yep, my God. Sure. Well, they, um, they, they haven't scored a lot of points. I think they just needed to flex their muscles and just say, hey, we're letting it all out. That's what happened. Um, Orlando doesn't surprise me this year. Um, I don't, you know, I'm not, it just doesn't surprise me that they're doing this well. They finished very strong last year and they get, Mm -hmm. you know, they just Mm -hmm. get edged by Arkansas. 
And this year they have played very good against everybody, whether it be D3 in their own level or D2. Uh, they beat the Jacksonville Dixie Blues. It was 35-28. So that is impressive for Orlando going into here in, a, in the next couple of weeks into a playoff mode. Uh, so I'm assuming the anarchy is for real. And they, they know they have to get back to that. And I'm pretty oh, yeah. sure they want to win it. There. Yeah, it'll be good. I can't tell you who's going to be representative for the D3 just because I think it's still a toss-up. No, and that's why I, I mean, said the next three there. weeks we are going to keep an eye on it because that's how shifting it's going to be. We are going to finally see, as they say, and you know, the boys from the men. Let's we're going to we're going to yeah. <laughs> we're going to eventually see where the girls, you know, where the women separate from the girls in terms of the matchups. You know, who are going to be yep. the top tier teams? Who are going to be the teams that we need to watch for? Arkansas is right there, former champs. Um, I think I wrote down Richmond, three and one. Uh, even uh, Cincinnati's four and two. Derby, we haven't talked about. Derby's four and one. And then you also have uh, Connecticut, five and zero. Oh. And even Alabama's three yeah. and two. And if Alabama can put a, you know, a couple wins together, they'd be right there in the mix again. So um, very interesting in D3 WFA. It's going to be very interesting the next. So that's going to be awesome. So let's go week eight here. I know you, uh, you're going to be bailing out here in about 20, uh, 15, 20 minutes. Uh, let's go week eight here. So Connecticut against uh, New England Nightmare, I'm assuming that's not going to be an issue for Connecticut. They've been playing very good ball. This is kind of a rivalry game for them. Um, I don't think they want to give up their, uh, their undefeated record yet. So Connecticut going here, going there. Pittsburgh, Divas, as much as I wanted to give the win to the Divas here, it will be a battle of battles um, given how good Pittsburgh has played so far in terms of their own tier competition. Uh, I will have to give the edge to the passion at this point. Do you agree? Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I just, I'm just a passion. I'm on the passion bandwagon this year. And that's really yeah, hard I think a lot of people are on the passion really bandwagon. Like Amanda. <laughs> I really like no, Amanda's played. Amanda's played great. Amanda's done a very yeah. good job so far. Boston, beating Boston, you know, uh, I mean, she's done a really good job. So hats off to D.C. It's not going to be an easy game. That's what I'm saying. It's going to be very competitive. But I would have to give the edge to uh, uh, Baker and Cozo and Horton and company there. Um, So that's that's what's coming up. Uh, The Battle of Ohio-Toledo against Cleveland. Uh, Toledo has looked good. Cleveland, rocky start. They've okay. Uh, I would have to say, given what's going on, uh, maybe the edge goes to Toledo. They've been playing pretty good ball here. Uh, Toledo's three and two, um, so um, I'll give that out there. Uh, the other one uh, we talked about Detroit. They're taking on Grand Rapids. We'll see how they sustain that. Uh, Derby Cincinnati is going to be a clash in Week Eight. Derby Cincinnati. Uh, Derby four and one. Cincinnati four and two. And this is a D three kind of clash here. So we'll see how that works out there. Um, Richmond's three and one against the the smash should be a good matchup there for them or a good win for them. Then we get the rematch, Arkansas, Alabama. We just had the matchup this past weekend, 24, 18, you know, Alabama probably left uh, points on the board and they do not want to do it again, especially on the road. And we pretty much know Arkansas does not want to lose at home. So that's, this is the, one of the key marquee matchups besides uh, 
passion and divas. That's what we're going to be looking for. This, this key matchup, Arkansas, Alabama, Anarchy taking on Daytona should be a good win for Orlando. Uh, they're healthy. Yeah. They're strong. They're looking powerful. Um, we have Dallas elite against Austin outlaws. If the Dallas elite, listen up Dallas elite. If you fall here, we got a lot of, <laughs> a lot of concerns going into the playoffs. A lot of concerns because oh, yeah. they did not look good against Kansas City. Even with Kansas City's two-tier quarterback system, which I'm not a, a fan of, but into Dallas, they took care of business. Uh, they just they took care of uh, Dallas Elite. So whatever the Elite is doing right now, it is not working. They're 3-2. and two. If they lose to Austin, and Austin Outlaws could pull up that. So we will know right now. And, and we, we already know this is not the Dallas elite of last year. This is a totally brand new team. And so we got rookies, veterans mixed in, and the formula is not, you know, elite-like, as you were saying before, where we were accustomed to blowouts and stuff, kind of Utah Falcons football mentality. And this is not them. This is, this is kind of like a learning season for everybody. So if Dallas falls to Austin, which I don't think they will, but if they right. do – uh, this will be a uh, real crucial situation for Dallas to even make the playoffs. So that's that's on the line right there. Uh, Arlington should roll six and one should roll. They're playing they're playing Acadania Zydeco. There should be no problem with uh, Impact taking the win. Should be no problem. Um, Everett Tacoma Northwest battle here. So I'm I am taking Everett. They're stronger. Their line looks yep. good. Their uh, passing looks great. They are in the hunt for a national title and a trip to Atlanta, and I don't think they're going to go into Tacoma and let, them, let themselves down. Uh, if Tacoma puts the upset here, it would be a very good credit for them as a team to try to bounce off, uh, you know, this kind of a squad in Everett. But uh, I'm assuming the Everett will take hit. Um, and Sin City, Los Angeles. Everett's already beat them once. I think Everett's right, already won exactly. once, too. Yeah. yeah. And then Los Angeles, Sin City. I just want to see how if and if the Trojans can even keep it close. That's really what I want to. See. Probably going to pull no. it out and win. They're offensive. <laughs> no. They're an offensive juggernaut. You know what I mean. But we'll see yeah. if Sin City can keep it close. You know, within a touchdown or two, or three. But we'll see how the result is. Or, but LA is LA is uh, what I call Central Coast Central Coast revamped. It's really what yeah. it is. Um, unfortunately, yeah. that's what it worked out. Central Coast revamped. All right, um, so that's going to be week eight, 16 of the slate in the uh, WFA. Um, the other game well, that Oscar, came up this weekend. Say, Go ahead. Really quick, Oscar, I was going to say is this is the re the Sin City LA game was originally forfeited, remember? And this is the rescheduling, which then no matter it doesn't matter if the Trojans lose, now they're eligible for the playoffs, and they're still and they're right now they are in the playoffs. So this is a big – I mean, they got to have this game so that Sin City can be in the playoffs. So I see that. Yeah, I mean, if they lose – if Sin City loses here, they would fall to four and three, which is not a bad situation because if they rebound yeah. – uh, if they rebound in week nine, which I think in week nine they get to face uh, Kern County, and I don't want to say – but they yep. get to face Kern County. And if they get the win there, they're up at five and two. So they're still in the mix. Yep. So even if they yep. lose this game, it's considered a considered a forfeit in a way. <laughs> Again, right? But you get credit. 
Exactly. <laughs> but yeah. I, I'm just, yeah, the way it works out, I guess. Yeah. Uh, so congrats to Sin City for remaking the game and obviously keeping themselves in the playoff hunt. So that's good for them. Um, so that's really what it's boiled down to. Unless Kern City, uh, unless Kern County Crusaders somehow pull the upset in week nine, which is highly unlikely, but it could happen. Uh, it, you're, you're on point by saying Sin City pretty much gets the taste in playoff mode. Um, all right. So let's see here. What do we have? We talked about IWFL. We talked about the blackout game really being really good. And then so I will uh, ride the ship uh, solo here. And we're going to be talking Legends Football League uh, week four and five. Give you some updates on the women's gridiron international scene from um, Mexico, Australia, Canada, and Europe. And then uh, next week uh, we will be back as well with uh, the rest of the cast, which is Tracy Brick, uh, Luis Bean, and Troy Wilson, as well as Holly Custis will be on our podcast. So um, I really appreciate everybody's time uh, to uh, be on the podcast and all. I know everybody's busy, busy, busy. And so, uh, and we will try to get Lauren Evans, uh, you know, worked out so I can get her on the, on the podcast as well. So we'll try to work that out with Tracy Brick and myself, and we'll try to get her on as well as we're trying to do, if we can get a couple more Aussie players to interview, because all the leagues out there are very interesting. Uh, the WA uh, West Western Australia league is really good. It's growing. Uh, and I really want to spotlight uh, all those players out there in Australia and all the leagues that are obviously making the efforts to, bring attention to the sport in Australia. So that's the reason we're trying to make our efforts overseas to try to spot. Going forward here, we got a couple uh, interviews coming up with a couple teams in the States. So we're looking forward to that. As soon as I get confirmation from everybody, we will go ahead and stop spotlighting them as well in the next couple of weeks. And then the playoffs in the WFA start in the next couple of weeks as well. So all the, all the crucial stuff is happening between this week and next week. And in June is going to be pretty much playoff mode in terms of where everybody stands. So it's been pretty exciting uh, times in Legends Football League, uh, week four in Legends Football League. So let me get my notes here. Um, Tracking going here. So we had week four in Legends Football League. Um, we had Atlanta taking on Austin Acoustic. It was a great game at down to the wire, 18 to 14. Michelle Marshall, um, Lonnie Lopez to Shea Wynn. Steph McCormick, they pulled the win off against Dakota Hughes and uh, Lauren Ziegler and company. Um, it's going to be a battle for Atlanta because the Eastern Conference has gotten so tight now with Nashville Knights in the mix. Omaha seems to be improving. And then, obviously, uh, it's going to be a battle there. Chicago is literally the best right now. Even the Knights look equal to Chicago, and we won't see we won't know that at this point. I don't think they're matched up with each other. Uh, but 18 to 14, Austin gets the first win for Coach Mike Oliveira. It was an exciting time uh, for that for that in itself, and that was pretty awesome to see. And so, uh, congratulations to Mike Oliveira. He's looking for win number two, which will be week seven, and that's going to be June 9th on the road in Ontario at CB Bank Arena. And it's going to be taking on the Los Angeles Temptation. Temptation Nation is, I don't know, at this point, no Salerno, no real offensive. Uh, you've got weapons, Delaney Hall out there. You also have uh, a good defense led by uh, Miss Harvey out there. 
And uh, but the the issue really in Los Angeles is they can't seem to pull themselves together as a unit. And it looks like the between the veterans and the rookies, there's no real leadership there. This past weekend, when you take a look at it, uh, L.A. gets beat by Chicago 34 to 18 between the running game of Chicago, Jane Caldwell. And then you also had the defense, which is probably the best defense in the Legends Football League at this point, led by Christy Morrison and company. Um, Los Angeles did not look good. And they looked good at times with Michelle Kenny, but not enough. You can watch the game on YouTube at Legends Football League on the uh, Legends Football League channel. And that's going to be, that's uh, basically week five, 34 um, to 18. Los Angeles falls to 0 2. Uh, penalties, just they're not composed. Uh, Coach Stewie out there needs to rail everybody in. Uh, Agam Chishindu, um, you know, Chelsea Hart, and everybody else on there. There was like one player on the whole team that made an impact the whole game. The rest of them were either not really focused, letting things get by. They're not proper tackling. Uh, they were doing more WWE-style type of, you know, just running their mouth and not making an impact. I think Los Angeles needs to be more disciplined if they want to even stay in competitive mode here in the West because Austin is improving at this point. We have Denver that we haven't seen more than one game, but we'll figure out what they look like in the, in the weeks to come. Seattle did not look so bad against Nashville this coming weekend, and you'll see it on a Legends Football League on YouTube. Um, the, the Nashville Knights taking on Seattle miss. And so at this point, L.A. has to worry about where they really stand. They go down to uh, the Austin Acoustic here in week seven. It's not going to be fun. So there's a bye week here this next week in Legends Football League, uh, May 26th. Pretty much everybody gets to rest. And then you get to uh, see week seven, June 9th, uh, I mean, week seven, June 9th. It's going to be Los Angeles, Houston. This will be the Los Angeles Temptation game of their season. This is it. They lose here. Their season is over. They do not play for anything else. They're done. And so you have to, they have to look at themselves and say, you have a combination of Carbon Bursault. You have a great offensive game. You need to do the run game. I think the issue in Los Angeles is the offensive coordinator. So we have an offensive coordinator that doesn't understand his personnel, and it looks like he's not really balanced well. And if you're going to not study enough of what everybody else is playing with, especially around you in the West, between Austin, Seattle, okay, yeah, you are not going to win. And so this is the key right here. Defense can only take you so far. You have to step up. You have weapons. They have weapons. They have offensive weapons. They have receivers. They got all the weapons that you can have. They don't have a quarterback. You need to get that quarterback on the page. But also the play calling is questionable. So uh, for Los Angeles fans out there, uh, the temptation, this is their next game, June 9th. If they don't win, it's their season. For the acoustic, on the other hand, coming into Los Angeles with a invigorated effort, they are coming into Los Angeles with eyeing the playoffs, which they should. And so Tashay Winfrey needs to really manage in the pocket, and she needs to throw quickly. She's got weapons, Alani, Michelle. Uh, she's got a lot, of, a lot of weapons. Running game with Robinson and Washington. So there's no excuse, literally no excuse, for Austin not to walk into Los Angeles and take the win.
And so that they will fall on them to lose. If they lose, it's because of their own doing. They have the potential. And if they win in L.A., then we are talking Austin Acoustic playoffs. And that's what we're talking about, Austin Acoustic playoffs, because they are going into Los Angeles. And then after that, I believe they take on Seattle. And so Seattle is beatable this year. And given the way the Austin Acoustic have played, and we could have Mike Oliveira win three games in a row at this point based on that. So that's going to be interesting. The other uh, situations in Mexico, P, the Liga de Football del Pacifico, Mexico, you can catch their stuff on our Facebook page, uh, on our Gridiron Beauties page, the YouTube video covered by TVP Culiacan, TVP Obregon, and TVP Sinaloa. And it's, they've done a tremendous job of live broadcast of their games week to week. Hats off to the leadership in the Liga del Pacifico for doing an amazing job out there. Pretty monstrous, undefeated through seven weeks, seven to zero. They took care of business this weekend against the Evil Queens, 44 to six. It was an exciting game. You can watch it on our Facebook page via Gridiron Beauties, and you can take care of that and watch it. It's uh, courtesy of TV, uh, TVP out in Sinaloa. And then Botros are uh, obviously 6-1. and one. Uh, They were uh, obviously uh, winners 21-0 to zero against the Redskins. And then um, the Evil Queens are 3-4. and four. They lost, obviously, to the Pretty Monsters. Uh, the Casadoras from Mochis. 57-24, they take care of Pachancas. Pachancas have had a horrible season. New club, still learning the ropes. They're 0-7. Redskins are 1-6. Uh, week 8, this coming weekend, May 26, Trancas, 0-7, taking on Evil Queens. Evil Queens must win games to stay in the playoff hunt uh, out there with uh, Valeria Quintero. And Valeria Quintero is actually doing double duty. She's back home in Sinaloa, and also uh, she'll be in Los Angeles in uh, on June 9th playing for the acoustics. So she's playing dual mat, dual leagues. She's playing in legends and she's playing in Liga del Pacifico, which is a great for either team because she's keeping her skills honed. Um, pretty monsters will be taking on PL of uh, the Redskins, which at this point shouldn't have a problem with it. They go to eight and O and they obviously will earn their birth into the playoff championship. Uh, so they earn their playoffs. And then Mochis, the Casadores of Mochis will take on Potros. This will be an exciting game. Mochis versus Potros. You're looking at four and three here and six and one. So we're looking forward to that matchup as well. And so Liga del Pacifico, if you haven't followed it, you can check it out on our Facebook page at Gridiron Beauties. And uh, you can check out the link there to the YouTube video and the league also. But you can go to the Facebook page at Liga del Pacifico on Facebook. So uh, let's get my notes here going here. The other, uh, the other things that we had, LNA Femenina in Spain, uh, the championship's pretty much set at this point. The Buffalo, Barcelona Buffaloes will be taking on the Barbera rookies. We'll get the updates and previews uh, via FIFA Spain as they come out, and we'll link those up on our Facebook page as well and our Twitter feed. But uh, the stage is set. LNA Femenina, Barbera rookies looking for literally almost another, uh, what, seven titles now? They're going for almost seven to eight championships here. So they own this league. It will be up to the Buffaloes the Buffaloes out there in Barcelona to try to upset and try to win. So we'll see how that works out. But the um, Buffaloes beat the Pioneers on May 19th. So that leaves uh, Barbera taking on Barcelona for the uh, Spain National Championship, Women's National Championship. So that's going to be pretty awesome as well. 
Um, let's see here. We've got my notes going here. And we'll go to uh, the preview. It's going to be uh, in, I believe, Sweden. Um, see here, Finland. I'm sorry, uh, Finland. In Finland, we have the um, the Maple League. I'm sorry, the Maple League is going to be starting in pretty much in June, and so it's an 11-11. So this year's series is uh, is a model that is 16 teams and 11-11. Uh, last season's Volterra teams, uh, the Crocodiles, the Sinajoki Crocodiles, and the Olu Northern Knights, um, they go to the lower tier, Division One. So there's three divisions in this in this league in Finland. Division one, which is Valterra League, which is tier one if you want to call it that. Then there's division one, they call one division, which is tier two, and then they call division two, which for us would be tier three competition. So the one the tier two division in uh, would be consisting of the Tampier Saints, and then it's going to uh incorporate uh, I believe, let's see here, the notes here. Division one will play twelve teams in two teams of six teams. So the division north and south, Sayanoki Crocodiles, the, uh, the Javaskila Jaguars, the Copio Steelers, which was champs last year, uh, Hamelina Huskies, Kocha Eagles, and Miliki Bouncers. And in the second uh, uh, division, B, Division B, West Coast Phoenix from Razo, the uh, Hyvinka Falcons, the Turco Trojans, which uh, Leah Kaza is part of that out there. Uh, from former WFA star and uh, Indiana Cra- Indy Crash uh, superstar, Helsinki Wolverines numbered. So Helsinki Wolverines have two teams. They have it in the main league and then the Division Two tier league. They have enough roster to supply two teams, Loya Leones and the Porville Butchers. The two best teams in both uh, A and B will be playing in the semifinals. The winners will be faced in the finals. The winner of the Division One season will continue in the playoffs at to the uh, format to face any uh, Valterra, the main league. Uh, since the Pittsburgh Valkyries are from Russia, what happens here is they're going to get um, basically bumped up to Division One if they make the playoffs at this point based on the record. So that's pretty exciting to, there. Then in Sweden, we have the competition that's happening in Sweden already, and it already started. So this past weekend, uh, it was uh, May, May 20th, the Jets take care of the Vastera ro- uh, Rotors, 32 to zero. You can catch that, catch the highlights on our Facebook page on uh, Great Iron Beauties as well. And then that's in the north. So the standings currently right now in uh, Sweden, the Jets are three and one. Stockholm Mean, uh, mean Machines are three and zero. Oh. And so that's the neck and neck and that uh, in the north. In the south, uh, the Orville Black Knights, which are the champions at this point, um, they are gearing up so they're five and zero. right behind them is carlsbad crusaders four and one uh with linda johnson as qb she's doing a great job out there john copy spartland's two and three um and that's pretty much the battle in the south so we'll keep you updated on that in terms of week to week also on our facebook page and kind of keep tabs on that in sweden the playoffs for the guam women's football league you can follow them uh, at bud light women's football league on facebook the playoffs are going to be starting. The quarterfinal weekend is coming up this weekend. Uh, we will get all the matchups together. It's going to be number three, number five, number four, number six, number one, number two. That was the original format. We'll see what the format will be in terms of once they come out with all that information, and I'm waiting for that so we can link it up and then kind of give you the information. 
So we have a quarter quarterfinal weekend in the WOMS Women's Tackle Football League. Well, the semifinals on June 2nd, we will have the championship weekend, which will be in June 9th, the loser of game one against the loser of game two, and then the winner of one against the winner of two from the previous weeks. So that's keeping up to date there as well. Let me see here. What else do I have down here that we got going? Uh, WFL action, the Women's Football League app action as well. We will link that up, and they're in the mix as well. Um, so you can catch the Vaqueras of Monterey uh, game against the Red Devils of Toluca, um, and that's on our Facebook page as well, and it's linked up there. I want to thank all our partners out there in Mexico for giving us all the feeds and the information and posting it up. We will keep tabs on the German League as we get closer within one week or two. Then we'll have the main league play. Right now there's a DB, DBL2 play, and so we've been updating that on our Twitter feed as well. So a lot of football all the way around. Um, and then the Western Women's Canadian Football League um, also has kicked off, and there's um, – games there as well so i'm going to go ahead and pull that up right now and kind of figure that out and see where we're at in terms of the western women's canadian football league and the wwcfl it's pretty exciting um they have done a tremendous job this season um in terms of you know the competition and it's been pretty exciting uh, in terms of the schedule coming up and everything else but week two uh in this league it's been Pretty awesome. So week two, uh, week I'm sorry, week three results. Western Conference. It was the uh, Storm. Storm was coming in undefeated at this point. They get their first loss of the season. Lethbridge uh, basically takes the lead, two and one. Uh, they're putting up about 138 points versus 33. So their defense is really good. 33 points allowed in in three weeks. So hats off to the Lethbridge defense out there in Canada. The bye week was Calgary Rage and Northern Anarchy in the Western Conference. The Prairie Conference, there was a rematch of week two, 60 to six, uh, Fearless, Manitoba Fearless um, hosted the Wolfpack. Uh, the Wolfpack hosted the Manitoba and they still, they still lost. So uh, the Winnipeg uh, Wolfpack, 0-3 at this point. Uh, so they fall 0-3 on the season and they, they, they're having a hard time scoring and everything else. So they gotta, they gotta just go back to the blind board. Uh, Riot and Valkyries got the bye week this week as well. Then uh, top standings in the Prairie Conference. We're looking at the Riot, and we have Manitoba Fearless two and one, Saskatoon Valkyries one and one. Um, the Riot only given up about 21 points in terms of scoring. Uh, they have not scored as much as Lethbridge. So Lethbridge right now is probably the highest in terms of the best offense in the WWCFL right now. So that's going to be pretty awesome and going into week four uh we'll get that updated for you guys as soon as the league puts it out there's a, a hashtag that you can on instagram for the wwcfl and they're spotlighting a lot of their players from all the teams and they're using the hashtag why women play hashtag why women play and so uh, check it out you can go to their facebook page as well as western women's canadian football league check out all the uh posts on all the amazing players that play in their league them some uh shout out as well um, so there's a lot of players that have been kind of spotlighted this past weekend. Um, you had uh, Calgary Rages, Robin Tarrant, who was spotlighted as well during the, uh, during that time. And then also Alex uh, Eifelson, which is the the main uh, 
of the Saskatoon Valkyries. And so she's been an awesome uh, contrib contribution to Saskatoon as well. And you also had Megan uh, Bilkowski out there um, of Lethbridge. So uh, it's just take a look at it. Pretty awesome. And the kind of a little tidbit on terms of what all the players are all about, their experience in terms of playing football. Um, so uh, we'll be, we'll be updating week four in the uh, WWCFL for the next coming week. I'll use the Wednesday or Thursday and then get ready for it because I believe it's going to be a clash. Once again, Ryan Valkyries kind of. The so week five is going to be pretty awesome as well. So keep up to date on that. And so I am pretty much, I think the women's uh, Australian gridiron uh, league is going to kick off here May 28th. Uh, there's some issues with promotions and how it was being promoted last minute here. Uh, you would think they would be working with existing folks like ourselves and, and the women's gridiron league, uh, women's uh, gridiron league of Australia Facebook page to try to get it promoted since we have bigger reach and everything else. But it didn't. It hasn't happened, and we so we have a lot of things going on there. We're keeping tabs on the things that are coming up to that point. So we'll we wish them a successful tournament because that's what we want to see the four teams in Australia, for that matter. And so we're going to keep tabs on that and figure that out as we get information coming in. The um, German league, um, it's going to be pretty pretty exciting. Keeping tabs on them as well. So I'm going to keep you guys up to date on that as soon as we get information from um, the AFBD. And the AFBD is pretty exciting. Uh, they have, I think, over 30-something teams in there, and they play really good ball out there. They've done a great job of, you know, empowering women to play out there, and there's a lot of teams. Everybody plays out there in Germany. There's, you know, just no other option. Uh, they do a really good job. And so hats off to the AFBD, and we'll be covering that with our partners on Twitter as well as on Facebook, trying to figure out, um, you know, who's in the lead right now. But on our Facebook page right now, if you go to our Gridiron Beauties page, you get the, you get the rundown of a couple teams that are in season right now from DB2, um, DBL2s, and then we're going to get pretty much some of the excitement um, in terms of the main league, DBL1. Um, so if you go to our Facebook page on Gridiron Beauties, there's also an interview with uh, from the Curitiba Silverhawks that was done by Football Americano Brazil and from the championship from last season. So then there's some highlights also from, uh, from her from the, uh, on YouTube. So check it out. It's pretty awesome. We also have Russ Crawford, Gridiron page on Facebook. Uh, Russ Crawford interviewed uh, head coach Rick Rasmussen and Luis Bean on the win from the blackout game this past weekend against the Surge. So check out the interview there. And you have our phenom, Brooke Leash, who went into Dallas and took care of business and beat Dallas Elite. And uh, there's a photo posted by uh, Brooke's mom, Tammy. Uh, she's got a 40-yard touchdown run. Check it out. Pretty awesome. And uh, so she did a fantastic job there. And so hats off to her. And then we have the Diamond Series in um, over in Great Britain. Saturday, May 19th, saw the first two of Baffo uh, Diamond Series uh, game events. It's three teams, Southern Blaze, Heartland Shock, and the Northern Blizzard. They faced off in the first day of the round-robin games. 
Um, so despite being their first 11-a-side experience for almost everybody, the Southern Blaze came away from a two win, two close wins over their rivals. They're going to be uh, replaying the whole tournament on June 2nd, the contest remaining with the, everything to play for, and then they'll have a championship for that. The final game of the day between Shock and the Blizzard was suspended uh, near the end because of injured players. I was attended, and it couldn't be concluded at this point because of the injuries. So it's going to be uh, has been counted as a no results. However, points distribution is yet to be decided. The the game results from the weekend were Heartland Shock uh, losing 15 to eight to the Southern Blaze. The second game was the Southern Blaze uh, winning 12 to six against the Northern Blizzard, and then obviously in the last game, Northern Blizzard 14-12 Heartland Shock. It was suspended because of injuries. You can get the uh, cool photos there by GW Images, and he uh, does a great job, Jeff White, and he did a pretty, pretty awesome job out there um, for the covering the women in the Diamond Series. So June 2nd is the next the next date that you're going to get to see that. We also have some action in the FFFA. The championship is has been determined. It is Molasses. The Molasses uh, team will take on Lions de Bordeaux. Lions de Bordeaux uh, championship, and that'll be in the uh, Challenge Feminine in uh, France, and that's pretty awesome. And we also get some highlights from uh, Al- the Algo Comet ladies and taking on the Resenberg Phoenix, out of, like I said, uh, of the German League, D2 German League. Uh, we also had uh, pretty cool coverage from the Casadora Zelos Mochis taking on the Petrancas de Navajoa, Neva- the 5725 from the Liga del Pacifico. Um, and updates as well from other leagues coming up. And we also uh, had a Zona de Anetación, which is the uh, scoring scoring zone out of Mexico. They had the coverage between the Red Devils and the Rebeldas. Um, that there was a win by the Red Devils, 40 to 30, and that came across as well. The Orlando Jets uh, were taking on the roster, uh, the Valtora Roasters. So the Orlando Jets, uh, there's highlights there from Elizabeth Olson. Oh, supplied us some photos there from the matchup from the Orlando Jets, a women's American football team. So check out our, our Facebook page. It's pretty awesome. We do a lot of work, uh, a lot of laboring. And so we try to cover just about everything that's happening in the women's game internationally, as well as in the States, top tier teams, amazing action all the way around. So if you didn't think women play American football, you pretty much, you're probably out in the cave somewhere. But uh, there's a lot of women that play American football internationally as well as in the States, here in the United States. But uh, Europe, Spain, all over, Sweden, Finland, Great Britain, Germany, even Russia, and the little island of Guam as well. So uh, we really appreciate you guys uh, you know, following us. Spread the word, share our page, share our stories, and uh, get us going here. Uh, the other thing I want to mention is go to uh, the Instagram page. Uh, it's the MM, the Manitoba Girls Football Association Instagram page, and you can actually get highlights uh, of the week. They're in season now. We did get we did get some highlights uh, supplied to us. The Thunders versus the Nomads. That was courtesy of Mary Lou Muzzer. And so they're in season as well, Manitoba Girls Football Association. So we'll keep tabs on them as well, and hopefully it works out for the championship, and we'll go back there. The Orable Black Knights continue to just dominate, and then you pretty much have that. Uh, LNFA Femenina, we had some highlights from uh, Thornton's Lux, who did an awesome job with some photographs uh, of the LNFA Femenina Pioneers, which is Buffalo's matchup, so that was pretty great to see. 
And so a lot of the leagues fine-tuning themselves here uh, internationally as well. So check it out on our Facebook page at Gridiron Beauties. You can go to, to our Twitter feed at uh, Gridiron Beauty. And as well, you can go to our Instagram pages on there. You can visit our Zazzle site at the No Joke Football Shop with cool T-shirts, leggings, and gifts. Use daily codes and save big. So you go to Zazzle.com forward slash Gridiron Beauties. Subscribe to Zazzle Black for free shipping. Uh, help us spotlight another talented athlete that plays American football globally. Uh, like us on Facebook, like I said, on our Great Iron Beauties page for weekly updates, breaking news, and inspiring stories. And we try to kind of storm and gather things from all over social media, try to uh, pinpoint some of the best moments in women's American football and here in the States and internationally as well. You can follow us on Twitter for daily updates, health tips, and NFL news updates. Add us on Snapchat uh, for athlete takeovers and no-joke football brand specials. You can follow us on Instagram at Great Iron Beauties for amazing athletes and moments in women's American football. You can go check out our Instagram right now and check out the Western Crusaders who uh, won the uh, championship in Australia. And so uh, 12-0. And so great moment there and captured uh, by us on Instagram. So the best podcast covering women's American football and NFL News Weekly. You're listening to it today. And so follow us on Block Talk Radio. Also follow us on TuneIn now, uh, TuneIn app, and subscribe to our Apple podcast as well. So uh, sort of everything encompasses in terms of the women's game. Looking forward to the WFA uh, championship coming up in Atlanta. And then for all three tiers, it's pretty exciting. Division three is what, or tier three is what we're going to start to concentrate on within this week, next week, and the following weeks up to June. And June be- – big playoff mode for the WFA. The IWFL picture is somewhat different. We'll try to kind of like figure it out and kind of give you a nice breakdown in terms of how that's going to work out. It's sort of a mess. Um, so we'll figure out things as we get them. Luis Bean will do her part, try to figure that out. But for the most part, we're focusing on the Women's Football Alliance um, in terms of what's going to come down the pipe. We talked about Pittsburgh and the uh, Divas coming up this weekend in the matchup that's going to be um, week week eight, May 26th. It's going to be Pittsburgh against Divas. Looking forward to that matchup. It's going to be crucial for uh, DC to make to get the win. It's very crucial. Pittsburgh not so much because they're pretty much rolling and steamrolling. But for the Divas, it is a crucial matchup. It is a situation where they need to win to stay in contention and put themselves in a good playoff position. Pretty exciting. There's a lot of D3 games this weekend stacked up in week eight. So you want to follow your favorite team, you can go to the WFAProFootball.com. We're looking forward to Mark, uh, Mark Simon's backseat coach previews for week eight. We'll link those up on our Facebook page and Twitter feed, as well as the uh, previews that are going to be coming up as well. Um, looking forward to LFL U.S week um this coming week as the national knights take on the seattle miss that's going to be pretty exciting um via youtube so don't miss that it's pretty it was an awesome game so we get to see it live as well um visit our shop and our shop link on facebook it's pretty easy just tab it shop now save up to 15 percent off daily help us uh support uh the girls and promote the girls as well check out our no joke football brand page on our facebook page as well on Facebook, uh, Noja Football Brand. We spotlight a lot of talented athletes, as, as well as Lauren Evans, who we couldn't get on to the interview today, but she's one of our Noja Football supporters and sponsors. 
and the phenom Brooke Leach as well, and uh, Savannah Melton. So a lot of athletes that we spotlight and help out, and they're sporting our brand, No Joke Football. So um, I think that's pretty much it for me. We will catch you guys next week because we're going to be talking about pretty much week nine in the WFA. It's going to be pretty awesome. Week nine, um, Boston returns, and they're going to take on the Nighthawk. Nighthawks probably needs to really work it out. Be interesting matchup in week nine as well. Connecticut gets through New England this week. Guess what? We got a five and zero tier, six and zero tier three matchup going up against a five and one New York Sharks in week nine. That is very interesting. The other interesting matchup in week nine also is going to be Richmond Black Widows. If they get the win this week, they're going to be going up against the Philly Phantoms. So there's a lot. Week nine is kind of crucial in terms of the tier mix-ups and the tier games. But there's a lot of games in week nine that we're looking forward to as well. But week eight's coming up. Uh, Los Angeles and City is one of the games. Dallas Elite taking on Austin Outlaws. You have uh, Arkansas taking on Alabama Fire. Uh, key matchup there, Pittsburgh, D.C. So uh, for Oscar Lopez and Troy Wilson, Tracy Brick, the option Holly Custis, and Louise Bean, we'll catch you here next week for another edition of the Great Iron Blitz right here on Block Talk Radio and, and Apple Podcasts. And now on TuneIn. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.